Welcome back to the Mind of Monty podcast. It's your boy Monty G here, ready for another episode talking about the G1 Climax 33, first day, uh, day one, day two. I'm going to talk about, you know, what we got going on from A block, B block, C block, and of course D block. Uh, I want to also say that, uh, you know, this was supposed to be a preview show. I was supposed to be doing this, giving my picks, giving my thoughts last week. But, of course, things happen and, you know, nothing goes as planned a lot of times for me, even on my first attempt. But here I am again here, ready to bring you guys, uh, you know, a review of the first two nights of the G1. I'm going to get right to it because if I waste time you uh, at this point with my luck, everything will go to hell and I would have to spend the rest of my life editing this just to get it out. And I don't want this to be too long. So we're going to get right to it. We're going to start off with ELP versus Yoshihashi. Starting it off with A Block. Uh, I think the date would have been July 15th. Yeah, the 15th would be the episode that you would have to watch on New Japan World if you're catching up. If you're keeping up with it and you're on the track with me, uh, I'm, try, I'm going to try to hold myself accountable. I don't know if that means I'm going to do more of these little pods to try to keep up with the G1 or if that means uh, I'm just going to try to do a weekly review, but either way it goes, I'm going to uh, try to keep up with it the best I can. You know, there's a lot of wrestling going on, a lot of stuff going on, uh, and this is where you're going to get your in-depth reviews from me. Yes, we're going to talk about the G1 on uh, the Double Nine Podcast, but I will not go as in-depth. I want to give you guys a reason to come out and check my show out, check uh, my not only my New Japan knowledge, but a lot of my thoughts on uh, these matches, especially the particulars, because... Uh, if I tried, I mean, I could write notes and try to just repeat myself, but I think uh, it would be better if I can give a unique perspective every single time you hear me. And, uh, but yeah, starting off, we got Yoshihashi versus ELP. Uh, again, uh, ELP is just so immensely talented. I think even Yoshihashi mentioned that during the match. And I think, uh, the post-show comments a lot of times really help you understand kind of what you, or at least put everything into perspective some of the stuff you just watched. And I think the main thing that I got from this match was that, you know, kind of much like where he is as a character right now, ELP is still figuring things out. But Yoshihashi is on the run of a lifetime uh, in, when it comes to his career. He's completely changed the way people think about him. And uh, he's changed up his style, his aggressiveness. And uh, he brought out a couple new moves in the first match of the G1, so that kind of lets you know how serious Yoshihashi is taking this uh, in the B block. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I thought he Yoshihashi wrestled an awesome match. Even with ELP's uh, creative offense, he could not pull off the victory. And Yoshihashi, out, you know, basically brought it. And, and it was a really, really fun uh, way to start off the mat, uh, the show, even if you would think uh, this would be a lull. Nice new twist was introduced here, which is what we're going to be seeing all the way I think until the block finals, 20-minute time limits here. So these matches were moving. I really love the pacing of this show. Even though we have a, a both block two blocks per night to kind of get through, they really did a good job with these 20-minute time limits of, you know, getting to the point, not dragging it out, even though we're definitely going to get those long, drawn-out finals. But that was an adjustment period for a lot of the wrestlers here. Uh, how can you wrap this match up in 20 minutes? Well, We'll see as the tournament goes on uh, who that gives them the most trouble to. 
But anyway, on to the next match. Uh, like I said, Yoshihashi picking up two points there with a, a really good win for him starting off the tournament. Like he, like I said, he's on the run of a lifetime, uh, really stepping up his game. No longer the joke he was when I started watching New Japan and no longer the joke he may have been for maybe a chunk of his career uh, out of chaos. He's really representing himself and chaos well. Next, we have to talk about Chase Owens versus Gabriel Kidd. Gabriel Kidd is just so angry now. I always wondered what was the explanation, but, you know, he kind of gave a little bit of his explanation, kind of being left, abandoned, down and out when he had uh, his problems that he had. It, you know, uh, I, I think he was out of the L.A. Dojo when they kind of started, but he still was representing, still was doing the thing and strong. And, uh, but, you know, He's just been so angry. You got got a chance to see that he doesn't discriminate with his with his anger here as he took out Chase Owens on the stage, continued to beat down all around the arena, was very, very demonstrative and angry towards the Japanese audience, as always. A lot of flipping off, you know, uh, even after they won the Open, I mean, the Strong uh, Tag Championships. They really, uh, him and Coughlin, but for the most part, uh, him, He's just really angry to me. And then Coughlin also, I'll talk about him a little bit later. He has a, a lot of anger too. And uh, and I think their matches has a lot in common with their first matches. They try, even against a, a stablemate in Chase Owens, an OG from the Bullet Club. Like he said, he didn't survive three errors from being three errors of the Bullet Club by being an idiot. And I think he showed his smarts as he kind of, you know, fought through the flurry that Gabriel put him through. And returned the favor with a nice counter towards the end that led to the move that no one no one would kick out of. You just can't let Chase land it. When he hits the package power driver, it's over. And he dropped Gabe on his head and, you know, ended up prevailing in a really, really cool match because it was really interesting to see, you know, how far Gabe was willing to go to try to hurt someone that you would think he's on the same side of. But this is the new era of Bullet Club. This is what they do. Even against their own stable, they're going to fight. They're going to try to be killers, as uh, David Finley has directed. And uh, I really thought it was a strong match for both guys, even for Gabriel, who you know looked young in his approach because he kind of blew his load on that initial flurry. While, you know, again, I think Chase waited him out and just picked his spots perfectly. So, yeah, it was a really, really strong uh, match, in my opinion. I did not have a problem with this match at all. Um, we're going to continue to keep this thing rolling. The third match of the night. Hold on just a second. My screen locked on me. Okay, yeah. Tonga Loa versus Kenta. Uh, so, in this match, again, kind of you know funny when you think about Tonga Loa not being in Bullet Club. Just being a gorilla of destiny along with Jado and his brothers. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny when I think about this. When I look at them or when I see them against each other, I immediately think Bullet Club. But it was not that. He basically made a massive mistake to me in his press conference, letting everyone know that he's not 100%. And if, if that's the case and you know he got a knee injury coming into this, you do exactly what Kenta did. You try to take out the knee, try to take out the base of the big, strong man. And uh, Kenta was successful in that for most of the match, even doing a lot of nefarious tactics, you know, taking a chair to the knee. A lot of things that would make you think that Kenta would be the one to come out the victor here. But in the end, it was ape shit. It was Tonga Loa using his strength, his power to just overcome all of that. 
that Kenta did to him. It was a great uh, reintroduction to Tonga Loa because it has been a while. It's been over a year. So if you haven't seen Tonga Loa do his thing, this is a nice, a solid contest, a uh, nice way to watch him uh, do what he does best. And, again, use his power, his explosivity to take out Kenta in this match. And I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a nice way for both people to start, both guys to start. Even if you want more for Kenta, you want Kenta to win this match, I think he – you know, he did everything he pretty much could, but Tonga Loa was a little bit too strong. And, uh, again, we're definitely going to see more people go after Tonga Loa's knee. You know that's going to be the trend going forward. And uh, Kenta also made, had some hilarious comments after the match. Uh, you know, in his press conference, he called everyone in his block ugly. And he said Tonga Loa smiled, and you think that shook him. You know, he said he hopes to one day be someone who can smile in the face of someone who calls him ugly. So, yeah, just <laughs> awesome stuff uh, from Kenta always in his comments. You, it really makes you wonder, will he ever be someone who wins these things and, uh, you know, actually compete to be at the block finals and stuff like that? Because he seems to always be having the time of his life, but he's not really the one who's winning either. See, like Edie wants to make her debut on the podcast, as you can Hear her stirring from her nap. Uh, on to the next one. Uh, if you can hear her, this, that is my daughter stirring. But anyway, Shota Umino versus Rena Rita. We have to talk about this. Uh, Rena Rita has never been able to beat Shota Umino at all. And, uh, you know, so really was looking forward to seeing if Rena Rita could finally beat him in this current incarnation of his character. But uh, no, he couldn't. Uh, but at the same time, he did a great job of making Shota Umino not be able to beat him now. So you can see that Renarita has closed that gap. It was a nice, again, that 20-minute time limit coming into play because if this was a regular G1 match, maybe it ends in 23, 25 minutes and you get a victory for uh, – sorry, she's sneezing now. <laughs> maybe you get a victory for uh, Renarita and Shota Umino. Uh, or, like, one or the other may pull out the victory with a little bit more time. But with that 20-minute time limit, yeah, man, it's, it's going to be – you're going to have to get get the job done. And I really love them uh, not choosing someone to kind of put over in this situation, especially with this Three Musketeers announcement that they all hated. So, uh, we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on that rivalry going forward because we definitely will be hearing and seeing more from these guys. Next, we had Kazuchika Okada versus the great Okan. Uh, and a really impressive contest for Okan. He really put up a really good fight. Even Okada after the match was like, keep your head up, Okan. You know, uh, you know he probably, uh, I think even Okada mentioned, maybe Okan is a little demoralized after what the company kind of did, ignoring him to uh, anoint the Rinrita, Suji, and Shota Umino as the Three Musketeers. So, you know, I think Okada really was speaking to that notion, but it was a really, really good match. But Okada was a little bit too strong, which is the case oftentimes with Okada. So, uh, you know, again, I think Okan will be fine. We'll see how it does overall this year in the G1. He didn't even have any comments for the G1 press conference. And I don't even think he had comments after the match either. He's really, really quiet all of a sudden, which is very, very new from with great Okan. Maybe a shift in character or something is coming up at some point. We'll keep an eye out for that. But Okada was dominant in his victory. And he'll have ELP next. Cannot wait to see that for the first time ever. ELP versus Okada. So, 
yeah, th- it was a really, really good contest. Yota Suji versus Kaito Kiyomiya. And Suji was all about saying he's going to get the green match box, I guess is what he called him, lit when it comes to Kaito. He's going to fire him up, get him started, and that's exactly what he did. And I think he even impressed Kaito himself, who fought Suji, I'm sure, back in the day in Noah when Suji was still on excursion and learning the business. And I think he was even impressed with what Suji can do now. I think we all are. He's in, insanely good at this point. It's un- unbelievable how good he is right now. I'm not saying I didn't see that potential in him as a young line, but, man, he is he has gotten it down. And uh, his character work, he can only, he's only going to get better. He's only going to get better. You understand why he was included with the Musketeers going forward, even if they don't want that title. But Kaito ended up pulling out the victory, being just a little bit stronger. He may be a young face. He may be new to New Japan fans, but he was is a former world champion. He has the experience, and I think that's what won him this match. A really, really good contest. Next match we have Tachi uh, versus Will Ospreay. Uh, you know, I just have to say this match was really, really fun to get into. Uh, I mean, it started off. Pretty dominant for Osprey, man. He was beating the hell out of Tai Chi. You know, Tai Chi played the underdog world perfectly. He, you know, took a beating for most of the match. He even, even the match, the thing that kind of changed the match in his favor wasn't really like an overt, awesome offensive display. It was just a a, a, a kick while Osprey was in the corner that Osprey pretty much blocked, but it kind of got through, rocked Osprey. He was wobbly pretty much after that. And that kind of just led to Tachi finally making a comeback after basically getting dominated. Even after that point, he was still taking a lot of damage. Uh, but, again, uh, the dangerous suplex from the top rope changed this match. It was a, a nice, nice spot, something that you don't really expect uh, to happen, even in a match like this. But it was really, really good. It was a really, really fun match. It was really cool to see Tachi in his home prefecture come uh out with the victory and surprisingly you know i told everyone that i that was listening to me at the time you know in my circle about that that follows new japan listen even listening to kevin kelly and chris charlton you know um you can see it was doubt that tachi could do it but you know after after what he did with shingo going 50 plus minutes pretty much or 40 plus minutes and you know, taking the belt from Shingo, I I know what this version of Tachi is. He's very very capable of uh, surprising you and coming out with the victory. And you know, after a super kick, and then you know, uh, I think he hit another dangerous suplex, and then Black Mephisto. I think so. You know, even though uh, Osprey tried to hit the hidden blade, didn't work. And, you know, this is the result we get. I'm pretty sure it shocks a lot of people when you think about how well-known Tai Chi is by comparison to where, uh, you know, by comparison to where Osprey is. But this made sense. This is perfect, in my opinion. I really, really enjoyed it. And Tai Chi being at home only made it sweeter. Next, we had Hikuleo versus the world champion, the IWGP heavy, world heavyweight champion, Sonata. Uh, and this was another fun contest, even though it wasn't as long. Uh, and, you know, again, I think it was just an opportunity to pretty much give the big man uh, a shot in the main events. This kind of went typical how it goes for for a lot of uh, big guys. You know, you get a pretty good strong showing, showing off your power and, you know, the, slowing down the pace. But, uh, you know, again, Sonata 
eventually overcame the power of Hikuleo, even though it took a little while. You know, uh, you know the power slam moonsault spot was beautiful, and uh, you know again even reversing the deadfall. You know at, at a at point in time, so it was. You know, I didn't know that Sonata could even be able to do it. Now again, one of the shorter main events that I've really ever seen, especially even to kick off a tournament, it was kind of short. But I, again, what do you really expect? Uh, with Hikuleo at this time in his career being pretty young and being new to this spot, but I do love him getting this spot anyway. You know, being in the main event getting a moment uh, against the world champion, and even though he did not win, he looked strong, you know, and I think that's pretty good. And Sonata pulling out, you know, the deadfall, you know, I thought was also, you know, even if he even if he survived, you know, even though somehow he survived the chokeslam, he still was able to get deadfall out. And, uh, yeah, man, I thought it was cool. Uh, I thought it was a, a strong match for Sonata, even if it kind of finished kind of came suddenly. And him and Tachi, you know, let the crowd go home happy. It was a beautiful way to kind of, uh, you know, drop everything. And, uh, yeah, man, I really, really enjoyed what happened uh, for night one. And, uh, you know, later on in the tournament, I will try to be more thorough about records and point totals and et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, no, right now, I think this is a great way uh, for things to go. And we'll see what happened in A and B block as we continue on. So, day two, we have to go ahead and get right into it. Day two was uh, another strong, you know, night for the G1. I think that both of these shows were free and uh, available for people to see, uh, available for everyone to get a chance to watch. So, that works out. Uh, and I think uh, this was all free. So, even if you didn't subscribe to New Japan World, which you should do that, especially if you want to keep up with the G1, uh, they all got a chance to watch these displays of, you know, both A, B, C, and D block. So here we are in C, C block, starting off with David Finley uh, for night two against Tomohiro Ishii. You know, again, just David Finley in this incarnation, as now that he's truly coming into his own, I, I, don't, I don't hear much Jay White clone. Maybe some people still believe that, but I don't think you're watching the product if you think he's a Jay White clone at this point. This uh, What he's been able to do, what he was capable – I don't know if I even thought that he was capable of this. But, man, the rebellious violence that he's that he's doing, it just works. And it also works really well with the Stone Pitbull. You're going against Ishii, someone who's all about violence, someone who's always going to test your limits. And even at this match, it was pointless where I thought Ishii would somehow find a way to do it, even though, you know, just, again, when Ishii just does what he does so well, which is attack you full speed, it's just, like, it's really hard to stop. And, again, it was a really, really, really fun opener for for the night. Uh, the wrestling fridge, as, as I've seen someone uh, refer to him as a fridge, which, again, I get it. He does kind of, he's you know, shaped kind of like that. You know, he blocked a spear. He was, uh, you know, he again, he had plenty of moments where I thought his power would prevail. But Finley, to his credit, doing exactly what you expect the leader or at least the new leader of the Bullet Club to do. He just wouldn't stay down. He didn't even have any interference, which is impressive. And I thought they really did a good job all the way into the end. They pushed the limit here almost going 20 minutes. So it was a good, it was a fun match all the way up until he hit Oblivion, I think, not Trash Panda anymore. And, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a good match. And right after the match, Finley told everyone just how privileged he is. <laughs> 
that he don't know struggle and he's been basically the man his whole life, I guess. And now he's the man of Bullet Club, and we'll see if it just persists throughout C Block. Toriano versus Goto, and I just want to say, uh, him he come out with the Prefecture's mascot. I'm pretty sure that popped the fans. Everyone loved to see him, and I love Yano. Yano's great. Uh, he's I also think he's a great tool to give certain people a break in these tournaments, especially when they were more grueling in, in years past. They seem to be doing things like shortening the time limit of these matches and stuff like that to make it a little bit easier, a little bit more, not only accessible for the viewer, but even easier for the talent to actually make it through the entire tournament. Uh, but I have to say, uh, Yano, prob I would take Tom Lawler or a couple other entries over Yano at this point, you know, in his career. You know, I know this is not uh, – it's, maybe it's me. Maybe I've just seen too much of it. I love. I still love it. I still get a pop out of the scheming and the – the ways he's going to try to trap a wrestler. So I'm not going to act like I have a problem with it. It's just during G1 season, is Yano necessary over some of the other talent that we see coming in and out of New Japan? I don't know. Uh, but, again, this was this was cool. Last time they fought the shortest match in G1 history. Uh, this wasn't quite that one, but it wasn't really long either. You know, again, he was trying – to do his best to manipulate Goto, get him to get counted out, the whole mascot under the ring spot. I knew as soon as he walked out there, the mascot would be involved. But, uh, you know, it was a great job by Goto, I guess, still finding a way to defeat the always clever Toriano with a GTR. So he did exactly what he was uh, supposed to do. Took care of business this time. Did not let Yano get to him. Mikey Nichols versus Hanare. I just have to say, Hanare's, uh kudos to you, man. I know this 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 camp. This is not just a character when you commit to it to this extent. Like, man, you know, I don't. I'm not gonna act like I'm even remotely familiar with uh, his culture, but it's not. I have nothing respect for people who would commit to that extent to his heritage and to his culture. Uh, you know, I was one. We've always wondered. I was wondering what the hell was this mask for at the press conference, and I got. I found out. With that a really, really great look. It's kind of crazy, though. He looked as strong as he looked here. He still was not able to defeat Mikey Nichols, who, uh, you know, got his ass whooped, though. You know, you look at the cut on his face. I think Hanari mentioned it after the match. You tell me who really won based on how they looked after the match. But either way it goes, I think Mikey really, really did a good job in this match. Uh, again, I've never seen anything in the end. And I, honestly, I think – Anything like that finish, like dropping him on the head like that, I think that was like an Emerald Flosion or something like that. I guess you could say it's a version of that. But, man, he dropped Hanare right on his head. I'm glad Hanare was all right. But, yeah, man, I'm glad that uh, even though he's with the blood spill, Nickel showed that he's tough. You know, he's going to be right in there in every fight in C-Block. And I think that's that's what you kind of want when you're looking at someone who, even though we know Mikey has been in the G1 before, I, I now since I, you know, Seeing him a lot, especially with Shane Moore, who I'll talk about in just a second, uh, you know, it makes me remember that he is a tag team specialist, but Mikey can do the damn thing one-on-one -on -one as he proved in this one. This is pretty, pretty pretty good stuff, man. Mikey picks up two points, and we're going to head right to his partner, Shane Hayes, against Alex <coughs> Coughlin. Uh, I didn't do it as perfect as Shane Hayes did, but his comments was absolutely hilarious after the match. Uh, I had to post it on Twitter. Man, I love Shane Ace. I have no clue what WWE was thinking when they put him in a mask, called him Slapjack, didn't make him say much or do much. If this is, if the, he, if he's this entertaining, it's a damn shame. 
and how much wasted potential was there. But, again, I know you don't necessarily get a chance to even be yourself to this extent under the WWE umbrella. So it's a blessing that he's in New Japan where he can do that. And, again, kind of like Coughlin, you know, I mean, kind of like Gabe Kidd, not not Coughlin, but Coughlin kind of got stifled here with his anger. Like, they're just, they're just so angry, man, those guys. And I understand that he has a very justifiable reason with the whole, you know, merch stuff and what the company – with the – what the company did to Alec Coughlin and how they kind of, you know, did him wrong in his estimation, especially with him basically being a replacement for Ozzy Open, you know, after they signed off or, and, you know, we have injuries too, so because may, maybe they could have still been able to compete if they didn't sign off, but who knows. Uh, the thing is, again, his anger got the best of him. He wanted to incorporate chairs. He wanted to incorporate the title belts. That came back to bite him, much like Chase Owens, surprising Gabe Kidd. And, you know, kind of weathering the storm. Same thing happened here with Shane Hayes weathering the strength of Alex Coughlin. And, uh, you know, this was a really, really, I guess it was like a, a reversed body drop or, you know, whatever you want to call that finish that Shane did. I like it. Please come up with a name with for it. It's pretty cool. Uh, but, yeah, it was a really strong victory for both of TMDK uh, uh, in this one. So, uh, we're going to go ahead and get on to Shingo versus Eddie Kingston. Uh, you know, and we'll see also, I didn't know, before I say that, I know I've introduced him, but we also will see if TMDK can pull out the sweep. Can every member of TMDK pull out a victory? Uh, Eddie Kingston, uh, again, versus Shingo Takagi. Like I said, I think this match was exactly what everyone wanted it to be. The hype was real from the moment we saw that it was going to be the first thing that Eddie got a chance to do. Eddie was... You could tell he was into it. His comments after the match, uh, he showed so much respect to Eddie. I mean, to Shingo and Shingo right back to him and want to do this again. I agree. You know, I haven't even really got into the match, and I just want to say, Tony Khan, do what they say. Book it all in, all out, whenever you want to. Give them time, like Eddie says. It'll be fun. These guys were great, man. It was this was physical. This was beautiful. I think yeah, Eddie also said after his match, Kings Road and Strong Style collide or meet and they can make it flow perfectly and I think that's exactly what we got here you know we got Shingo and uh, Eddie just letting it all hang out throwing strikes suplexes throws just beautiful stuff in, in my estimation from both guys it reminded me a lot of what Eddie is capable of or what he's done in the past with Tomohiro Ishii but uh you know Shingo being a little bit more I don't I, I would say explosive probably a little bit more explosive than Ishii especially at this stage of his career. So, you know, again, I think, honestly, if they do it again, maybe we get a different result. But I, I'm not even mad. As much as I am an LIJ guy, as much as I want the best for Shingo, uh, Eddie Kingston winning this match is really, really, really cool, first of all, because I know how much this means to him. And second of all, it was just a good match, and you can't really complain about a, a strong match uh, with a really uh, good finish. And, again, every both guys showed – Great toughness. So, this is this will be cool. Uh, now I must say, it is fighting Evil Nick. So just get ready for a lot of people to probably be mad because Evil is gonna screw him if <laughs> nine times out of ten. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Zack Saber Jr. Uh, man, all right. So like I said, we'll see if TMDK TMDK could complete the sweep. Uh, Zach always full of confidence when he's fighting Tanahashi, you know, trying to wear out and continue to tear up the body of Tanahashi that he's kind of, over the years, always kind of worked on, especially those knees. But the thing that kind of changed it, in my opinion, 
you know, of course he was overconfident at times, and that, that always comes back to bite Zach. But the thing that kind of shocked me was Tanahashi going after Zach's arm and really making Zach have to, you know, protect himself and that kind of playing into the finish that we'll get into with Tanahashi kind of switching up his style and being more grounded and being more aggressive towards the arm of Zach and Zach actually doing dragon screws and doing stuff to work on Tanahashi's knee. You know, I think he even did the clover leaf again, kind of like a nod to Tanahashi. So they switched it up and I really kind of, I really enjoy where they went because like, it's meant, you know, they could have did the exact same thing they've always done, which is still good for the most part. But, you know, Zach taking out his leg, you know, wearing him down, possibly making the tap. I really love the creativity with this one and I love the finish because Tanahashi reversed uh, act, had an armbar, then got reversed into an armbar, and then reversed the armbar back so he could do it again. But uh, after Zach reversed it into a roll-up, he did not let the armbar go, and he got counted one, two, three. So he did lose basically by the skin of his teeth. But it was really, really good, you know, and it was a strong contest for the sense that it was very creative and it was different from what the other matches that they've had in the past is and always good points for that especially when you're basically rivals like they are and we'll see can this new style make cause tanahashi to finally return to the form that he is used to in the g1 historically uh, but, yeah, I really, really thought this was cool. I thought this was probably one of the best matches of the night. And, honestly, it's funny. The high-fly flow or the high-fly attack, I guess you would say, uh, you know, it took too long and it cost him uh, against MJF at Forbidden Door. Same thing kind of happened here. He tried to go up for it. It took too long. And it did not – it basically put him in trouble that kind of led into the finish. So, again, will he change up his style, be a little bit more grounded, a little bit more smart? I doubt it because at the end of the day, he's Tanahashi, and he, he probably feels like he's not giving the people what they want if he can't do a high fly flow. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Evil versus Tomatonga. Man, I'm pretty sure Tomatonga is sick of fighting evil. I'm pretty sure everyone is probably sick of evil at this point. But, man, did that turncoat pull out another victory with, with shenanigans, of course, with Dick Togo help, with Big, Dick Togo's help. Of course, and Tom Tonga did a good job of fighting and battling against that. And again, I thought at some points he was going to prevail and overcome it. But uh, a nice little rough shove later, and right into everything is evil. And here we are, you know, evil with two points. And he's again. I really can't wait to see what happens with Dave Finley and Evil. I don't know if they're gonna kick Evil out. I don't know if Evil's gonna break off the house of torture. I don't know what's gonna happen. But they seem to be jockeying. Uh, for control, if you go off anything Evil says, because he seems to kind of be challenging the notion that David Finley is going to be leading him. Because even at the press conference, he said, you know, uh, I know we both in Bullet Club, David Finley, but I am in the forefront. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, and Evil has been very, very confident. I'm pretty sure if he's going to screw everybody he fights, I guess I would talk a big game too. Uh, but, you know, we'll see how long it lasts. Evil has a tendency to kind of – screw these up long term even if he starts out dominantly and he could just he might not win the next match against eddie kingston we'll see but you know how evil does at this point good match or not but you know how uh evil works at this point even even with the crowd on tomatonga's side which by the way is always nice to see but yeah evil pulled it out somehow the main event tessa united versus jeff cobb and i just have to say that you know jeff cobb has 
dubbed this block his redemption block. And, man, what a way to get it started because not only did he beat the hell out of Tetsu Naito for most of the match and continue and continue all the way to the end to win the match, you know, he, he taunted him. He did the combination Cabron. He did, you know, uh, a lot of saluting. Uh, he did. He took spots straight from Naito's playbook. And Naito, it was pretty much nothing Naito could do about it. He reversed thing, every, pretty much everything Naito threw at him. It was a perfect little redemption match, especially for someone who hasn't been able to beat Tetsuya Naito. So uh, I really was impressed with what Jeff Cobb was able to do. This is the Jeff Cobb that I was going for to win. AG1 or be in the main event at some point of Wrestle Kingdom because, again, I think he's just nothing he can't do in the ring. It's scary how good he is and how big and strong he is at the same time. So, you know, I, as much as I am a Naito guy, as much as I would like Naito to win this block, win the whole thing, go in main event against Sonata and do his roll call and win it, if that's what's in the cards, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a little bit too idealistic as an LIJ fan. Uh <laughs> Even if though I want all of that, I cannot lie. I was very, very happy for Jeff Cobb. Even after the match, him doing the roll call of the United Empire, kind of in the same fashion of LIJ's roll call or Naito's roll call for his members. Uh, I, I pop for it. I can't lie. As much as it, it, again, much as that is my favorite wrestler, he's doing, he's embarrassing or kind of you know making fun of. It's again somebody like Jeff. I cannot doubt or at least be mad at that because I think. He is one of the best in the world, and it's about time he wins in this spot. You know, he's, he's a guy who has everything but has not always won in these moments. So it was cool to see him get that victory in the main event, even if it wasn't necessarily the expected result. As for Naito going long term, like I said for Shingo, this is a, a small step back. These guys can still end up in the end because it's a long tournament, and I think that's the beauty of the G1. The beauty of the G1 is – you know, no matter how things start, no matter how rocky things get, it's all about stringing in uh, wins and pulling out the victory when mat when it matters. And I think Shingo, Naito, you know, a lot of guys who lost are capable of that, you know. And we'll see what happens with the young block and the A block. I can't wait to see with all that young uh, young talent over there. Will it be Kaito and Sonata at the top, a former Noah champion versus the current, you know, champion? Will it be them or will it will one of the young guns, will one of the Musketeers? You know, we're Gabriel. You know, I, I don't. I doubt it. I think his temper is going to get to him. But Chase Owens, will he surprise you? Same thing with the B block. You know, will it be Okada? Will it be ELP? Will it be Osprey? You know, you have so much going on with 32 participants. It's really, really interesting to see uh, who will come out on top. I left out Hikuleo earlier. But, yeah, even Hikuleo in the A block, you know, could string together some victories. So, again, you know, we have T. We have Tonga Loa. We have Tama Tonga. We have... You know, Kenta, you have, uh, you know, Tai Chi. <laughs> Again, like, I could just keep going. If I just read off the whole list, the point is right now the G1 is wide open and it's some of the most exciting wrestling. And I cannot wait to keep up with this going through all August. I will do my best to try to try to take advantage of the days that they are not necessarily uh you know, working on, you know, or at least, at least some of these travel days like today. Uh, when I release this on the 17th of July, uh, you know, I try to take advantage of this, but we'll see if I can keep up with it. Either way it goes, uh, this has been your boy, Monty G. Thank you for listening to the Mind of Monty podcast. Thank you for listening to my G1 update. And, yeah, expect more from me soon. And, uh, you know, subscribe on YouTube, Mind of Monty. Go ahead and subscribe there if you haven't. And, uh, yeah, man, I'll see you when I see you, hear from you when you hear from me. 
or whatever, if that even makes sense at this point. Who knows? Adios.